You're listening to Weird AF News with Jonesy. A man with no arms who swam for whales stabbed his father with a blade held between his toes. Parents are outraged after fifth graders in South Carolina pick cotton and sing songs in the fields as a field trip. The chicken is local, but was it a happy chicken before you eat it? A new GPS tracker now tells the life story of your chicken. These are the weird stories for Weird AF News for Monday. I'm your host, Jonesy. Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. Let's do it. A man with no arms who swam for whales stabbed his dad with a blade held between his toes. You are not hearing this title incorrectly. <laughs> this is a story out of the UK. A man with no arms who swam for whales stabbed his bad stabbed his bad stabbed his dad in the stomach with a blade, which was actually a pair of scissors held between his toes. Rory O'Connor's father needed major surgery after the 23-year-old son slashed him with a makeshift weapon at his family home. In a statement read in the court, victim Kevin O'Connor said his main concern was his son's well-being and that the attack would not stop him from supporting his son. Wow, this guy has a good attitude about being stabbed by his son. I wouldn't have such an attitude if my son swam across a river and stabbed me with some scissors. Just wouldn't. I don't know. Call me an old, uh... <laughs> Call me stubborn, but uh, when you stab me in the stomach, I just... Mm, I don't know. I got something against you. Matthew Roberts is prosecuting, said... O'Connor was born with no arms. Okay, the son was born with no arms, as well as a number of other medical conditions. Probably something's obviously wrong inside his head, too. He had played in able-bodied football teams and swam competitively for whales. He said the defendant had taken to carrying a weapon, one blade from a pair of scissors, between his toes after an incident in which he was threatened while walking in another village. So he carried these, apparently carried... This is his weapon, though, the scissors. Why not have a real knife? It's just a funny weapon. I don't know. It's like a weapon that a second grader would have. I don't understand. Or like a prison weapon. You know, get a real weapon. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to harp upon his choice of weapon, but I mean, really? A pair of scissors? What is this? <laughs> You're a man without arms. I mean, you really you want to defend yourself? You got to defend yourself effectively. Get a real weapon, you know? The court heard his parents were concerned and frustrated about him carrying this weapon. Yeah, well, you don't have to be that concerned. It's All it is is a pair of scissors. It's not like he's carrying around bear mace or something that would really concern you. I don't know. Can you spray a can of bear mace using just your toes? That sounds like a, quite a feat. I would love... Quite a feat. <laughs> no pun intended. I would love to see that. I would love to see a man with no arms spray bear mace. Is there a video of that? I'll bet there is. So apparently on November 3rd last year, the defendant and his dad had a had a fight about this blade. Mr. Roberts says the father picked up a meter-long tube from a vacuum cleaner and prodded his son in the chest. That's when the son struck out with his foot, slashing his father in the abdomen. Well, you attacked first, father. So this is kind of an act of defense then, right? If you're... you're you attack your son with a vacuum cleaner. You expect him not to fight back. I'm confused. Why? Why is this man with no arms getting in trouble? He was defending himself, obviously, being struck with a vacuum cleaner. How dare you, pops? Although you probably shouldn't stab your father in the gut, no matter what. Really, I mean, maybe this is something you can, you can talk, you can talk out, 
Or if he's attacking you with a vacuum cleaner, the fair fight would be to attack back with another cleaning utility, such as a mop or a Swiffer. Now you're talking. Let's level the let's level the fighting field here. Although the fighting field is never going to be level because the sun has no arms, and it's just not even fair to attack someone with no arms. Again, shouldn't stab your dad in the abdomen. <laughs> the father is really he's really got something though. He's in his statement. He said his greatest concern was for his son's well-being and safety. At the end of the day. He described the events as being regrettable, and they gave him an, a greater insight into the difficulties that his son was experiencing. Well, you're, you're a little late to the game there, buddy. You should, have, you should have been more empathetic about what your son's experiencing from, you know, the times he was young. You know, I mean, how many years does it take having a son with no arms before you finally get empathetic? <laughs> like, really? You know, this is really, it took a, a stab in the gut, but I finally got it. I finally got it. Here's what I learned. Well, apparently it sucks to have no arms. I just, I had never, I had no idea. I had no idea. What a bad father I am. Sheesh. I should have realized what difficulty it is in life to have no arms. I should have been more proud of him. I should have patted him on the back when he played professional football and swam and uh, swam in the ocean and competitively. <laughs> it doesn't really say that this guy's going to go to jail or not. though. I'm assuming the dad isn't pressing charges, but will they press charges? Will the courts press charges? Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just hard. It's just hard being somebody with no arms. It just really is. It's a hard life. I feel like my life is hard, and I have both my arms. You know, I, I complain all the time. I'm like, damn it, I don't have furniture. Well, at least I have my arms. Parents are outraged after fifth graders pick cotton and sing songs on a field trip. What is this, some kind of slavery-themed field trip? I don't understand this. What, how fun is that? Take him to a real place. Take him not not a real place. Take him to like somewhere fun. Well, I went on a field trip to to the. I remember I went to Salem, Massachusetts. I went to the Witch Museum. Oh man, that was so cool. I mean, things in our history are distasteful, but I mean, there's a way to do it that isn't out like worth worthy of outrage, such as bringing kids to like a slave plantation and have them pick cotton while singing. Way, way to have the children act out slavery, guys. Good, good job. Did you also put them in shackles and and hit them? Let's get into this. Let's find out how. Well, some, we have to admit a lot of people are outraged, and there's no reason to be. I have a feeling this is one of those reasons to be outraged. I really do. Parents in Rock Hill, South Carolina, say they're outraged after seeing a video of their fifth grade students picking cotton while singing as part of a school field trip that aired on a local news channel. Oh my god, the the local news aired it. That's how the kids. That's how the parents found out. Oh, that's shocking. In the video which aired on Fox. Students can be seen picking cotton while singing. Here's a quote. This is apparently what they were singing. Sorry, guys, brace yourself. I'm going to have to sing. I like it when you pick like that. I like it when you feel your sack. I like it when you don't talk back. Make money for me. Is that a slave song or is that a real song that they, like a modern song? I'm going to say no, not a modern song. Nearby, and I don't even know if that's how the song goes. I just, that's how I decided to sing it. So, sorry. Nearby, one adult beat a drum in rhythm, and another one yelled, I can't hear y'all, as the children picked more cotton. This is outrageous. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. It's on the news. Well, I, it doesn't say how the news was spinning it. Was the news like, in other news, shocking. The school's going to be shut down after a field trip. Brought them to uh, to live the life of slaves. I mean, how did this all... How, how was the news spinning it? 
One parent said, when I saw the video, my jaw dropped. I immediately was frustrated, offended, and was like, wow, this is what my baby was doing? Her 11-year-old daughter, apparently, and her classmates spent roughly 5 to 10 minutes picking cotton and singing. They said She said her daughter told her that the children saw the cotton picking as a game, and adults participating in the field trip created a competition between the 5th graders on who could fill up their sack with the most cotton. Okay, so I guess this is... Um, you could look at this one of two ways. You could look at they were they were they were just they happened to go to I don't know what the theme of the field trip was. I don't know if they just went to a farm and in the at the farm was cotton and they were like, "Hey, can we pick some? We picked strawberries earlier. Can we pick cotton now?" And then the kids were like, "Yeah, well, let's let's see who can pick it quicker." That could be a thing. In other words, in other words, they didn't go and go, hey, let's, I want to show you kids what slavery was like back in the day, picking cotton on the plantation under awful circumstances. But then the kind of singing what I think was a slave song, it sounds like to me, I don't know. Uh, or is that just a song they made up? That's when it gets a little dicey. I think we need more information before we can make a final judgment on this. But it's, it, I'm going to lean towards this probably wasn't uh, a good decision by the, the chaperones or those in charge of this field trip. The article uh, goes on to say, during slavery, African-American men, women, and children were forced to work in cotton fields in grueling conditions as overseers. All right, we know, we know the history there. I don't have to get into that. After slavery ended, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, here's a statement from the school district. In a statement, they said that the district sent the fifth graders on a field trip to a historical schoolhouse called the Carroll School, which is used as a place to help educate visitors about the impact of the Great Depression on African-Americans. The Carroll School is surrounded by cotton fields, and in a school district-sponsored documentary, former students who attended during the Great Depression era fondly recalled a time when everyone worked together and helped each other when times were tough like one big family. As part of the fifth grade curriculum, students study the Great Depression, and this field trip helps students make real-life connections to this era in American history. The school district also calls the field trip a unique learning opportunity. However, for many of the African-American parents who spoke, they said that this unique learning opportunity uh, was also painfully inappropriate. One individual said that the singing while picking cotton really upset him and other parents because it seemed to make a game out of an experience deeply rooted in the painful history of slavery and Jim Crow in the South. Had I known that the picking cotton would be in conjunction with singing these songs, my wife and I would have probably never entertained my, our son going on the field trip, this parent said. When you see the video, you hear the songs being sung, you see the kids picking cotton, you, you can't now separate your mindset that this is a slave reenactment. Yeah, that's what it looks like on the surface. I agree. That's unfortunate. I mean, maybe it's taken out of context, but it still looks this way. And if that's one of my children... And if I'm an African-American parent living in the South, and that's one of my children, I am going to lose my shit. I just am. <laughs> I mean, you got to be out of your mind to even take a risk like this with, with a school field trip. Um, I love it that the kids are introduced history, but it's like you got to you got to kind of do it in a way. Now, this is the this is the landscape that we're in now. You got to be very careful. And uh, in in this in my estimation, I don't have all the facts, but it sounds like this they weren't that careful. What do you guys think of this story? Call into Weird AF News. You outraged? You think this was improper? What about what if you had kids on this field trip? What would you? How would you handle this? I want to know what you're thinking. Oh, that had a lot of singing in it, and there's going to be more singing in this next piece. I think. Yay!
The chicken is local, but was it happy? A GPS tracker now tells the life story of your poultry before you eat it. Shoppers are willing to pay a premium for ingredients that are cage-free, organic, or wild-caught these days. But how do you really know if the chicken you are eating spent its life happily pecking for corn or if your blackberries were grown locally and are pesticide-free? Well, simple. We're going to put a tracking device on it. Putting some electronics inside the chicken's butthole. (laughs) Make sure it got enough exercise, apparently. It's not as absurd as it sounds, this article says. It's not as absurd as it sounds, says Robin Metcalf, a food historian. Is that really a a job? You're a food historian? That sounds like a scam. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm a food historian. I don't believe that's a real position, sir. A food historian who teaches at the University of Texas at Austin. A GPS tracker strapped to the leg of a chicken, (laughs) says Metcalf, means that people who potentially will buy that chicken will know every step that that chicken has taken. (laughs) It's like a... It's like a fitness step thing device. Oh, I only eat chickens that had over uh, 20,000 steps a day. Zong An Online, a Chinese insurance company, has already outfitted more than 100,000 chickens with these GPS trackers. The sensors upload information such as how much exercise each chicken gets and what it ate. (laughs) The company says the technology will be on 2,500 farms in China by next year. Okay. I think we've got uh, bigger problems about the food coming from China than whether or not the chickens had enough uh, exercise. <laughs> like, uh, the first question is, I want a tracker that tells me, is this even a real piece of chicken? It came from China. <laughs> okay. I think we've got bigger fish to fry than uh, whether or not the chickens coming from China had exercise and were on the treadmill for a very long time. Uh, they're also working on facial... <laughs> Come on, man. Facial recognition technology so that consumers can one day make sure the organic chicken they saw on the farm is the same one that ends up on their plate. Come on! (laughs) Come on. By the way, in case you didn't know, all Chinese chickens look the same. (laughs) So I don't know how that's going to (laughs) work. These people are out of their minds. Again, people with a lot of money don't know what to do with it. Hey, Call me. Call Weird AF News. I'll tell you what to do with your money. Because apparently people aren't, aren't, just don't know what to do with the money. Uh, I want to make sure that that chicken, was that the same chicken I saw doing jumping jacks? I don't know. I need a facial recognition. <laughs> There's no way I can just butcher and, and just devour this thing like a barbarian. Unless I know that it was happily getting its steps in today. I want to make sure it had its yoga class yesterday morning before I eat its head off. You see the contradiction here? Does anybody see it or am I just out of my mind? Well, the desire for this kind of personal relationship with your food was one once just fodder for television humor. In Portlandia's pilot episode, two diners questioned their server about the organic bona fides of the chicken. By the way, that, that episode is great. I've seen that. The Portlandia episode where they actually... To reassure, to reassure them that their, their food was not only healthy but happy, the server provides them with the chicken's biography and photo and the name of the chicken. They actually, and then they actually go to where the chicken, the farm, before they even eat it, they go to the farm to like talk to the people. And then they come back to the table to eat. I mean, it's just, it's just a great parody of, what, of the culture that we're in right now. Oh, I love it. 
Metcalf, the person in this article that's a really big fan of this, the, the food historian, by the way, who I'm sure is just really contributing so much to our culture, says that in real life, plenty of consumers are genuinely interested in knowing where their food comes from and are willing to pay for it. It's part of the farm-to-table movement. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. But to what lengths do you need to know before it becomes pathology? <laughs> okay? Is it, it's enough to, to know... You know, if you go to a farmer's market, a locally farmer's market, and there's a local farm there selling chicken, that's, this is farm raised, we're right down the street, whatever, we're in the next county, but we're local, that's all, you know, do you really need facial recognition technology? I mean, this is like OCD level crap here, like this is not, you don't need to take it to this level. At, at what point do you just become a maniac? <laughs> tracking technology to make sure that my <laughs> my blackberries came from that tree. I mean, come on. This is where this is where there's a line drawn, okay? And there's reasonable human behavior on one level and then unreasonable human behavior on the next level. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this this falls onto the other side of the line here that I've drawn into the unreasonable human behavior level. You want to you know, you want to tell me I'm wrong? Tell me I'm crazy? Fine. Fine. Make a, make a case for it. Call Weird AF News and make a case for it. They're trying to look at technology for ways of lowering risks. Well, I mean, at, one, at some point in your life, you, gotta, you can't take all the risk out of your life without being, like, totally neurotic, okay? This is just total neuroses. Look it. I'm, I'm all for you being healthy. But... If when you take your concern for your dietary health to a certain level, now you're jeopardizing your mental health. Okay, so where do you want to? What do you want to do? Do you want to be? Do you want to have a great body but be crazy? Is that what you want? <laughs> Maybe I'm the crazy one. Maybe I am. Thank you for calling Jay and Bobby Ray. I appreciate that. I got some uh, very nice emails and correspondences over the weekend, which I hope was lovely and weird for you. Uh, This email from Annie Weaver. Hi, Jonesy. I've been listening to you for over a year now, and it brightens my day. So here's a list of things that I love about you. Oh, you love some things about me. One, you laugh at yourself. That was the thing that hooked me, actually. It's so endearing, and your laugh cracks me up. Well, I love that. Thank you. I've been told my laugh is annoying. Um, Number two, you sing. Let the haters hate. They're stupid. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Number three, you could give a shit. You could give a shit less, a shit less, that people don't like you or something that you do. We all should be that way. Instead of being offended because someone looked at us the wrong way, things that you should improve upon, Jonesy. Number one, nothing. Well, thank you. She wrote, "Thanks for being you, Annie of Diamond Head Lake, Dexter, Iowa." That sounds like a lovely place. Diamond Head Lake. Oh, I would love to go there. I also got a message on Instagram from Jen and Joe Horovit. I don't know if I said the last name right. It's not easy to pronounce. When an H is followed by an R, I just don't know what to do with that. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hey, Jonesy, my husband Joe and I listen to your podcast every morning. You are hilarious. Anyway, we have a story for you to cover. Here's a link. Thanks for being the best part of our morning. You freaking rock. You freaking rock, guys, in Myrtle Beach. Thank you for listening. Also on Instagram, Emma Kibbe wrote, Hey, Jonesy. I'm listening to your podcast right now, per the norm. Whoever told you that they hate your singing is just a horrible person. That's one of the best parts. Please, don't stop singing. 
Don't stop going crazy. Don't stop yelling. Keep doing what you're doing. It makes my day every single day. And I love the, quote, new format. Keep it weird. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. P.S. Sorry for the Bill and Ted references. It's my favorite film. Well, thank you, Emma. That was great. <laughs> I love that. I like Bill and Ted, too. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I should rewatch it. Yeah, brah. Uh, you guys can always reach out to me if you would like uh, by going to... Uh, in- on Instagram, it's at Funny Jones, and on Twitter, at Funny Jones. On Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. You can email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. And you can reach out on Facebook. It's Comedian Jonesy. On my Instagram, by the way, over the weekend, I helped my friend shoot a pilot. So I put some behind the scenes of that, some of the actors that were in it and stuff. Um, there was a couple accomplished actors on set that were um, really, it was so fun. It was so fun. I love making, We were. it was comedy. Making funny things with my funny friends is just like a dream come true. Um, I just love that. Also, uh, my Patreon, I put up on the Patreon, I put a uh, kind of a deep dive on Countess Elizabeth Bathory, who was a woman who used to, um, <laughs> uh, she ravaged all the the village that she was she was in charge of. She just like murdered so many children in the village. I, I, there was a. I, I brought her up because we were talking about what were we talking about? Oh, oh, bathing in the blood of the youth. And I there was a rumor that she had done that. So we talked about that. And then a bunch of use a bunch of the listeners sent me some articles on her because I guess I messed up her name. Elizabeth Bathory, the Black Widow, the Countess. She was from Hungary, and so I did a nice little deep dive and I put my take. Wrote a little bit about my take on her in history in a, in a new segment on there, which is going to be called, it's called Weird AF History. And you can only get those articles on my Patreon. How do you, how do you join the Patreon? Well, it's easy. You go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Weird AF News. Um, I also did a behind the scenes video of uh, where I record the podcast. Gave you a little tour of the Weird AF Studios. Studios in quotes, by the way. That's also on the Patreon. So check that out, patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Support the, support the podcast, support Jonesy's coffee addiction, and uh, keep smiling. I'll keep singing. I'll keep yelling because a lot of you enjoy that. Well, let's be real. I, shouldn't, I really should keep the yelling down to a minimum if possible. That can be. I don't want to blow out anybody's eardrums here. Okay, safety first on Weird AF News. Hey, Jonesy. It's your boy, Bobby Ray. Hey, when I die, I want to be put in a douche bottle so I can go in one more time. <laughs> Love you, Jonesy. Weird AF News. What's up? This is Jay, Sacramento patron. Yes, the $10 patron. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I pay $10 to Jonesy every month, almost been paying it since he started his Patreon. I bet you can't match that. Yeah, anyways, yeah, Jonesy, I was just calling, man. I had to comment on the the, uh, situation with the guy that wants to get buried in his boat. Oh, man, I had a brain fart and just forgot his name. Started with a T. But anyways... Yeah, I wanted to comment about his quote, man. That that kind of hit me. He said he found, like, religion in a way between the silence of a mortar firing off and then the minute before it hits the ground and the silence between that. 
And, you know, I've been in the Army, too, bro, and I almost know exactly what he's talking about. Like, what he means, I'm sure, he's not talking about him firing off that mortar in the silence. He's talking about the mortar being fired at him. So when you're in whatever situation and you're being mortared <laughs> and uh, you hear that mortar because you can hear it get launched. And, uh, you know, when you're waiting to see whether or not it's going to hit you and kill you, <laughs> That is a profound silence between those two moments. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, because I actually haven't had to, I've never been mortared. So, I've been shot at plenty of times, but never mortared. So, yeah, that, that's that got to be shitty. Getting mortared or artilleried, I can only imagine, bro. But, um, yeah, so that's, I think, um, what he means. You know, I, I personally don't believe in an all-powerful God that looks over all of us in every moment of our lives whether or not we're doing good or bad and you know i mean i don't want to get into it because i'm sure it'll offend a lot of people but you know i mean i do think there is some form of power out there you know maybe a universal consciousness i don't know but it's it's definitely not thinking of the welfare of these five billion pieces of trash on this planet called humans that just destroy their their, you know, ecosystem and, and, and kill their planet and all the creatures on it other than themselves. Or, no, no, they kill themselves too. So, you know, you know, there's about two billion other pieces of humans on these planet that is probably good and righteous and, and actually look out for the other, you know, sentient beings or sentient, or not sentient, but, uh, well, I guess, well, sentient, if you're, if you're alive or not. Yeah, that's not intelligent. Yeah, other sentient beings on this planet. So, you know, I don't know. But anyways, I'm ranting, I guess. So, yeah, that that was crazy, man. That that was a, kind of a crazy quote. So, 